I love the beauty of technology. No limits whatsoever. If I want to care with Louis Brits and he happens to be in Tennessee in America, then what's the problem? Of course, we just get him on Zoom and do the thing. Hello, Louis, how are you doing? Hi, Janine. Load shedding might be a problem with what you just described, but not on my end. I'm so sorry to tell you. <laughs> yeah, just <laughs> to say load shedding ended, what, 15 minutes ago? So I am so with you at the moment for this half an hour I have power. Better get it in. We better get it in. It's great to talk to you, to see you there in South Africa. It's great to talk to people. Can't wait to come back. It's, uh, it's wonderful. It's great. There's nothing like coming home. Don't, don't make, <laughs> so, no, make no mistakes about that. Are you just coming home to visit the family and do a little training in between? Or is the point the training and doing a few performances and then just seeing the family in between? Oh, my goodness. Well, I don't have a lot of family left, but of course, Hetty's family is there. She's not coming with me. Um, so I think I'll see her mom and dad once. But no, it's very much, uh, I think I land Monday and I work Tuesday to Sunday, travel the Monday, and then I work uh, up in Gauteng Tuesday to Sunday, and then I fly out the next Monday. So it's really jam-packed. I'm coming on a mission. And, um, you know, when I'm, that's, but that's the way, that's the way to do it. So no, it's very much work-related. Okay, so we're going to get into the work just now, but first we've got to catch catch up with the Brits family. I mean, a lot has been happening in your guys' lives. Catch us up a bit. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, you know, we're growing um, older, not old. So <laughs> the family, the family's doing well. Our youngest Simone, she's seventy now. She's driving. She's working at Starbucks while she's still studying. Like one year, one year of school left. Biro, my son, just got married six months ago. He's finished his first degree. And uh, Italy's my oldest, he's pregnant. She's going to be a, a mom. Um, <laughs> you know what that's going to make me, but we don't say the word out loud. I'm not we ready. Whisper it. <laughs> yeah, we whisper it. Oh, Bob, Louis. So, but that's awesome. So, it's great times. Eddie just released a new book called uh, Don't Change Them, Grow Them, a phenomenal, I think, her book, best book ever, which explains all her work, sort of, sort of a lifetime of work in tall trees training encapsulated telling people you want to be a part of it this is what it is so she, you know self-published so a ton 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 of work doing all the writing and all the editing with her partner Aniki van Sale. so she's been really you know I see her from time to time when she gets out of her writing phase and she's still family minister at church I'm still full-time worship pastor here at Celebration Church sorry pastor Worship pastor uh, here at Celebration <laughs> Church in the Tri Cities. So it's Americans all the way, and I do get tired of the English every single day. So I beg you, Janine, can we speak Afrikaans in this? Because I'm just no. I'm so happy when I can speak Afrikaans. <laughs> but that's the that's the spiel. That's what we're doing. Living up between the hills and cows in Tennessee, loving it, uh, enjoying my work, enjoying being able to do worship full time for a living. But make no mistake, missing home every single day. Okay, tell me the whole worship pastor being confined to one church instead of, uh, I mean, your life in South Africa was going out ministering all over South Africa during the whole time, the, the diversity of different churches and different people the whole time. Now it's a commitment with one lot of people or, or do you still get out and minister at other places as well? I don't get out a lot. And by the way, you said pastor. What is a pastor? I'm a pastor. 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 <laughs> like water. <laughs> like water. No, I, I, I don't get out a lot. It is, though, um, a change of season. Uh, I've been, you know, it's so committed to my local church. It really, it's a big church, so it, it sucks you in. <laughs> There's a lot for me to do. 
being a worship pastor means I'm kind of over everything in the worship center, the technology, the promotion, a lot of it's going on. Um, so um, it, it is a big job, but from this year on, there is a little bit more touring. Um, and I, I must say, having been able to, I've, I always consulted churches. I mean, I did worship training. I presented it in 40 nations on six continents, but always as consultant. Now I've had to do the job for five years. It does kind of change a few perspectives. Yeah. And so when I'm coming to do worship training in South Africa now, I do believe I, you know, I can tell people now, you know, I just know, I don't just know the knowledge now. Now I really know how you feel, guys. It's different. So, but it is phenomenal. But oh yeah, touring is in my blood. And I'm looking forward to a season. I am going to Australia and New Zealand later this year to the South African expats there on a on a big ministry tour. And then hopefully just after Easter next year, I'll be going to the Netherlands for the first time where a third of my listeners on Spotify every single month is from the Netherlands. But I've never been there. They sing my songs. So I'm very excited about that. And I've got stuff going on in Kenya with orphanages there. Uh, with South Africa still having to be the main thrust, I'm starting to write. I'm coming for two things. We're going to write with Ratif and Stella and a whole bunch of, of writers in Cape Town and in, and in uh, I think I'm going to say Pretoria, but we're going to be on Stella's farm. So Carolina, Caroline, yeah. uh, and, and worship training. So excited to come to the home country and just praying into what's the, you know, what's the biggest thing that I can still do in my ministry. So what's my, what's part of my legacy or heritage. So I don't want to miss that by just being stuck here in one church in Tennessee. Yeah, but you're still creating music. So the Louis Brits music heart hasn't been buried. You're still creating. Yes. Oh, very much so. I've got a studio at my, at my home church. If people who follow me on Facebook, I, I lost my Facebook last year. I did something wrong. I don't know what. And when I tried to see who did something wrong, it was somebody in Taiwan. It wasn't even me. So they stole me, but I lost, I couldn't recover. I lost 6,000 people. Oh, wow. Um, so, you know, there's a lot of people who don't know what's going on anymore, but I've got a, I've got a, a fully rigged out studio and now it's a Dolby Atmos studio for those who knows that. So now I create immersive audio mixes. Um, which is also how we're going to be doing South African Afrikaans praise and worship from now on, because I'm going to be taking care of the Dolby Atmos, uh, Apple spatial audio. If, if you're a geek, you know what I'm talking about now. So um, yeah, I've got my studio and we do put out songs, but I've only done singles up to this point. Haven't done an album in a long time, just mm -hmm. like everybody. COVID happened and it's so expensive um, and, you know, just time. So looking forward to start doing that again with other people in collaboration with great engineers in South Africa within my Dolby Atmos studio. So there are plans and dreams. You can hear the pride now, my Dolby Atmos studio. It's like, you know, this is this American pride thing. Yeah, I'm, I'm my, really? uh, what, what am I? I'm safe here. You have to something I'm hearing the South African jealousy thing there. Right? <laughs> no, the big thing is I've got electricity to run the Dolby Atmosphere. Oh, no, 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 no. oh, and you went there. You opened the door with a lawyer. Never do that. <laughs> okay, let's get to your whole trip to South Africa. You want to get people that worship leaders in the space where they're supposed to be with the new perspective that you've got as part of a church more aware of the challenges that they face as well. People who do worship leading in, in churches and want to go out there and do that. You specifically doing a school where you're getting these people together. Why? Why do they need it? 
Absolutely, praise and worship leaders and all the musicians that they work with because it's a, it's a team effort every single week and for me as well. It's a collaboration between full-time and part-time musicians um, and it does bring about many challenges that I do face every single week. Just before I went into this interview with you, I started out on planning center to see who can play this week and it's always a mystery and you have to make it up with what you've got, you know, so it's not professional music it's a far cry from that. And yet what I find, so there are new lessons for sure. There's a lot that I can tell people, especially about the technology that we use um, lately over here, but make no mistake. South Africa's right on par with what we've got, but um you know, so there's that, but the job is still the same, the theology. So I think what's on my heart when I prayed about, Lord, here I come, should I do 17 shows in 20 days like I did on my last tour? Or what should I do when I when I hit my, my, my homeland, the motherland? And it was very clear that, you know, I'm 55 now. I've been doing this for a long time. My greatest contribution is not to come out there and do an enormous amount of shows. You guys just had Bethel. Uh, I think Passion's coming or they were there. You know, enormous amount of, of events. And you worship every Sunday. So that's definitely my main thrust is to just come and impart as cheaply as absolutely possible, um, knowing the rand is where it is and the dollar is where it is. So I'm not coming, I'm not charging a, a penny. I'm not playing with for nuit. So I'm, I'm just happy to come and whoever wants to come and learn, to come and learn. So we're going to talk theology because we, we have to, the more I, I do this full time, the more I realize how important it is for even the drummer, even the sound guy to understand the difference between worship and any other kind of music and the space that we do it in and where God comes from. And it's it's hard to contain it all because from Genesis to Revelation, the heart of God, the, the creativity of God and what he likes and doesn't like, because this is about him to bless his heart. We got to sort of tap into that a lot. And then, of course, just uh, the underlining th musical theory, the the theory of, of what we do. And then we've got to get practical. I've been to so many things where People talk a lot. And you go, wow, that's amazing. And okay, how can how am I going to apply it? And you don't know. So we do need to get very practical, and that also means that we need to get into workshops. And there's three workshops part of the weekend that people can just whatever instrument they are on, be it drums, acoustic, electric, percussion, um, keyboards, piano. I don't go into the other instruments. I mean, there's a lot of instruments but the main things that we use in worship and how do we actually play together how do you arrange music for worship even how do you mix it because i even mix praise and worship differently than i do other music because the nature of it is so different so there's a lot that i hope that a new generation of worship leaders and musicians who are doing it right now and perhaps haven't had the opportunity uh, to be trained. You know, in America, you can actually study to be a full-time worship pastor and this kind of thing that we're going to try to pack into a weekend. You can study for three, four years. And I know from experience South Africa, that's not available. So coming to do it in Afrikaans, because that's my heritage, that's my legacy. My I'm only known in the Afrikaans church. Uh, the Sotis, they go elsewhere. They learn from my equipment. <laughs> one back. But I am coming to do it in Afrikaans. Um, and so I'm very excited. Um, humble, don't get me wrong. Yes, I have a Dolby Atmos studio. But believe me, if uh, five years of, of being a full-time worship pastor teaches you one thing, it's humility. Um, especially doing it in a culture that's not your own. Oh my gosh, it's really hard. 
Um, yeah. A lot of imposter syndrome. And I think we're going to talk about that this weekend as well. You've got to talk about rejection. You've got to talk about imposter syndrome. You've got to talk about, I'm called to do something on, on stage in front of people. I mean, I'm supposed to be on that stage. And I know it every single weekend. And that's, I think, part of the beauty of it all. So, yeah, we're going to be touching on a lot Hopefully, we only have a Friday night and a Saturday until five o'clock because then everybody's going to get to church again to do it the next day. So it's not a lot of time. It's going to be jam-packed. I hope it works. I'm wondering, because you've now had exposure to South Africa and South African worship, and which is part of our culture. It comes out of who we are is what creates the music that we create. Yeah, and you've been part of the whole culture of American worship. And I find many times we in South Africa, we look at American worship and we think they're better than us or that they, you know, we, we want to be like them. We even giggle like them sometimes. And I'm thinking to myself, you having had exposure to both, do we have something to contribute? Is our uniqueness something that maybe could impress the world stage as well? Do we have something to bring to the table or or are we supposed to learn from everyone else rather? Well, you know, let me say the logical stuff first, and that's we live in an incredible time where we actually can access the best, most glitchy church every single Sunday because they're online and they have the equipment like it's a broadcast studio if you go to some of these churches. So it sounds phenomenal. It sounds like I would post produce an album for two months and it would sound like they do live because they're yeah. tuning live. They're doing incredible stuff with compression. It costs a lot of money. Whereas the church on the hill, like us, if I broadcast, I don't even want you to have the link. man. I, I don't even listen to that stuff myself because I will not go on stage again. So make no mistake, you know, there's there's many, many different uh, parts of America and most churches in America are not the kinds of churches that export music like your Bethel and Passion and so on and so forth. Those are actually few and far between. There are many worship movements in the U.S. that part of my job is to go through their music all the time to see what do we assimilate, what do we sing. And there's always this um this thing, and it's part of the stuff that I'm actually going to be talking about that weekend, is worship is very cultural. And um, in South Africa, one of the things that we do, perhaps to our own peril, is we use so much from other cultures. I mean, we've got 11 official languages. We are forced into a space where, um, you know, I can worship in my culture, but I've got to accommodate your culture. And hey, it looks so much more exciting to worship. In, in your culture, I mean, African people, they've got so much more passion. Americans, they've got so many more songs. And it's just every single song is so phenomenal. So why would I do my own thing when the best in the world is coming at me? And I'm in a space where I just assimilate all these cultures easily because we all speak English. But, um, but I think that's a very small part of the worship picture. We've made more of it than what it's supposed to be. And we're going to be talking about that this weekend. For sure, just the call towards creativity, because if God would have wanted to make me an American, he would have. It wouldn't have been difficult for him. This accent that I have, this fake thing, with, it's not fake if I don't talk like this. Nobody understands me over <laughs> here. It's just the way people talk. But, you know, God, you know, they they hear my accent. Don't, you, you might think I sound like an American, but that's <laughs> I might even think so. But Americans, they know I'm from somewhere else. Mm -hmm. So there's a contribution I can make. But you know what? Worship is so cultural. So the first question we ask as as worship leaders, as far as that goes, is um, how do I address the heart of God? And of course, without 100 percent authenticity, that's not possible. I'm going to stop 
you know, sort of short of 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 heaven's door because authenticity is the framework of of, of worship. That and intimacy. Don't don't let me start teaching you, Janine. I know that's not what you want, <laughs> but um, but so and, and obviously. It's so logical that for me to be an authentic worshiper, my culture is very important. Worship is extremely cultural. Mm. Um, so, yeah, we can learn from each other. We can come together in different cultures and worship. And it's a beautiful thing. And that happens in my church every single weekend because they do have an African. But I do things very intentionally. So, I mean, I'm the worship producer. But, but I'm not even the main worship leader in my church. I use Americans all the time. It's a mixed bag so that it doesn't become a, a cultural experience that my American church cannot be a part of. So, there's yeah, there's a lot that we can learn from each other. But worship is profoundly cultural and profoundly creative. So you can hear where I'm going with all that. I think mm. the best thing that South African worship has is not necessarily what we can export to all the world. Um, but the best thing we have is if we can be creative in our own culture and worship God in an incredible way, and nobody outside South Africa ever finds out about that, that's phenomenal. That's okay, because ultimately this is about God. Yeah, yeah, I remember, well, two things. In other words, not to be lazy and to be proud of what God has done in our continent, the way he's done music in our continent, our our expression of it. And I remember Scott Wesley Brown, who came to South Africa because he wanted, they tried to in America to sort of duplicate mm. our sound, but they couldn't. There's something unique about the way we experience music that they just couldn't get done in America. So he had to come and record here in South Africa. And to me, that was a very important lesson was to, to recognize that we've got something that's so unique that that you can't fake it. <laughs> You've got to do it. Oh, yeah, yeah absolutely. Oh, and they will, I mean, they love the Lion King. And you'll see on America's Got Talent, the, the, the choir now again from, from Johannesburg, that's, that, you know, we're all so proud. I mean, we hang, we hang the flag high because it comes, <laughs> yes, you know, you're embracing. But make no mistake, it's a novelty to them. And I think we also need to learn from that. If we take something of their culture into our worship in South Africa, it's also got to be a novelty. It's like, yeah, you got something great to contribute to us. Thank you very much, but never allow it to take over yeah. what, what we do in our culture. And, th you know, that's, for instance, why I'm coming to Afrikaans churches, doing my thing in Afrikaans, because I miss my language. I'm a poet in, in Afrikaans and I don't have the opportunity to do it. I'm coming to co-write with people because we're going to be better together. And my rusty thing after five years, I can't think that I've, you know, I'm not going to be the be all and end all, but I'm a producer. I'm an executive producer and I, I am good at saying, yes, that's a, that's a gem. No, that's only a piece of coal. <laughs> Go and make a fire with it. <laughs> so, um, but just, I think after five years here, I've got that heightened awareness of, for our generation and for our culture, God gives certain people, like Ratif, like Estelle, like myself, many others, who in South Africa, you know, we've only got this little time frame. Before we know it, other people take over and take a lesson from me. Once you leave the country, they forget about you. Other yeah. people take over. That's a good thing. That's an awesome thing. Um, I'm also trying to find the new poets, the young ones who are creating, you know, who's going to create what I did and Ratif did. 
But now, I mean, you know, Ratif doesn't want to know it, but I think he's got a 40 as well, right? So we need to find those 20-year-olds and 25-year-olds who are exceptionally creative. And, and it's more difficult now because, as you know, I mean, you worked in the industry all your life. We can't put out CDs now. You can't go and create this enormous campaign in retail. So I don't even know how somebody new is going to make an album now and get it out there. But we have to figure it out. Because nothing stops God. If you, you know, if there's a tree in front of a river, the, the river goes around it. And that's what I found that the music of God has done. And to find a way that we can do that in South Africa with our authentic, incredible, and they need to do it in Zulu and Tutu and English and everywhere, every culture, no, no matter how mixed. And that's the great thing of South Africa, right? And in hashtag Imagine, I was part of that. And I love nothing more where we mixed Zulu and Tutu and Kos and Peri and English and Afrikaans. Um, but it's beautiful when somebody goes to church. You know, there are some things that you just do in your own home language. I'll say all that. If look in your tal, you fry in your tal, you beklein your tal, you anbidi here in your tal. There are just some things that are easier and better. It just feels like I can put my heart into it. And that's something I struggle with here in America, just be honest, you know, to put my heart into the worship when I cannot say, Yeah. You know? It just, yeah. And, and we've got they to recognize that, that that's from the Lord for me to express myself to to the Lord in my in my culture. Mm. That's from that's from the Lord. It's so that I can put my heart into it in a in a much deeper way. So I think there's an intimacy in worship that is that is extremely cultural. Okay, what where when you hear um, the 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 worship schools getting people together? Where do they go? How do they do this? Yeah, thank you. So I'm only doing two of them. It takes a whole weekend. We're doing Friday night from from five to seven people eat. And then, you know, we do a seven to ten. And then 10 o'clock, of course, I do a late night worship for people like me who doesn't want to go to sleep. And then uh, and then Saturday, nine to five, we do a couple of training sessions and then a bunch of workshops And five o'clock. Go go home, go go do it at your own church the next Sunday. So I'm doing one in Cape Town at Seder Adel Kamienta. Um and hopefully that's, you know, people can come from a, a two-hour radius that's very central and uh, doing one at Kerk von der Meer in Centurion. So the, the one in Cape Town is um, August 18 and 19, just about a week, a month from now. And then the week thereafter, what is that, August 24, 20, 25? 25 20, and 26. Right, thank you. Not a detail, guy. August 25, 26 at Kerk von der And, um, you know, I'm in America. Don't call me. Now, people are welcome to email me. There is an informational piece that explains the program, what we're going to do, because I know people want to know. But that information piece is also at the church offices. So people can just Google Kerk Sonder Mira, Centurion, Seder Paddle, Gemeente. If you Google it, you find the church office, call the church office, and they'll get you in. There is a cost, but it's only to cover the cost of musicians who do the workshops with me. And the meals. Nothing goes to me. Uh, I, I'm not coming to do that. So um, so there is a cost. And because of that, it's also negotiable. So if people come from far and they bring 10 people and they tell us, hey, you know, I can't pay 250. We're going to say, what, what What have you got? Just cover your meals, man. You were going to eat anyway. And we recognize you got to stay over the Friday night and you have to, you know, get your, your gas or what do you call it, petrol. So, um, so we're going to be negotiable because we're not nobody. The host churches are not making a penny out of it. It's absolutely uh, 
as I said in the Lord's Pro Pono. So we are there to accommodate people. We want to leave a legacy and impart. Um, so I really do hope that people can can make use. If they do have questions for me, I have a weird email. It's my first name, Louis, L-O-U-I-S, at C-C-T-R-I, C-S-C-T-R-E dot org. Louis at C-C-T-R-I dot org. If you have questions, you want me to email you the program and the information sheet, you have questions, you're welcome to connect with me.